Section 16 of Sermons to Children by Sabine Baring Gould. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Sermon 16. The Well of Grace. Numbers chapter 21, verse 17. Then Israel sang this song, Spring up, O well, sing ye unto it. The Israelites were in the desert. They had left the hill country of Moab and the brooks of Arnon, the hot white sand lay around them, here and there a barren hillside baked by the sun, the grey rocks hot, and scarcely affording any shade under a vertical sun, no green herbage, no date trees flinging a scant shadow, overhead a cloudless sky, underfoot a burning desert. Faint and weary they toiled on, their camels with drooping heads, the people with failing hearts, and now and then, maybe, a poor camel, exhausted, fell on the desert to rise no more. The owners unpacked their goods, transferred them to the back of another and more enduring beast, and left the poor camel behind, a speck on the desert, the prey of instantly gathering vultures. But presently they came to a spot where there were signs of moisture. Hastily leaping from their camels, the princes dug with their iron-shod camel goads, the princes, we are told, at the order of Moses, digged a well, the nobles of the people digged it, by the direction of the lawgiver, with their staves. As they dug, the signs of water became more manifest, and presently the hastily opened well was full, the water leaping up in a bright spring, rolling away the sand, purifying its bed, and fraying itself a channel. It is curious that the Holy Scripture says nothing about the well of Beer except the brief allusion made in the book of Numbers, yet the remembrance of that deliverance, and the blessings brought by that spring, remained in the memories of the Jews, and fashioned itself into strange traditions, and it must have caused great joy. The people slaked their thirst at the fountain, filled their bowls, watered their cattle, and then burst forth into that song of joy of which the book of Numbers contains a fragment. In the opening words, I think, my children, we are reminded of another hot day, many hundreds of years later, when another lawgiver was weary and faint, and sat by another well, and promised other and more refreshing water. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sikar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me a drink, for his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, 
but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. What, my children, is that water of life? Is it not the joy, peace, and comfort of the Holy Ghost? In a word, the spiritual spring in your hearts? You have all of you, there, deep down in your hearts, a little fountain of grace, whence flow forth holy thoughts, earnest desires. In Flanders there is a pretty legend told of a place called Tempsch. A clear fountain was in a farmer's field. He was a curlish man, and would not let the villagers go into his field to draw water from it one hot summer, when the land was parched and all the wells and pools were dry. Then a holy maiden, living there, went and filled a sieve with water, and shook it over the neighboring common, and wherever a drop fell from the sieve there sprang up a living fountain. Now the old Jewish nation was much like that cross-grained farmer. It would keep divine grace to itself alone. It would have the living fountain of spiritual life for its own use only, and would deny it to the Gentile world. Then came Holy Church, and took up the living water, given her by Christ, her founder, and she scattered, and still scatters it, over all the wide earth, and in the soul of every baptized Christian upsprings a fountain of spiritual life. How many a fountain of life there is! A little fountain, opened by God, springing up for eternity. Spring up, O well, sing ye unto it, says our text. It was the song of the Israelites when they saw the clear water bubble up out of the dry, dead sand. And shall we not sing out and rejoice too at the sight of the fountains opened around us, on all sides, in all hearts? Spring up, blessed, precious grace of God, in fountains over the whole earth, purifying it, making its dry places blossom as the rose, glad and beauteous as the garden of the Lord. Spring up, O well, in the Catholic Church. Aye, ever will it flow in faithful souls, ever will it sparkle with the light of heaven shining on it, ever will it leap up, reflecting heaven. My dear children, may the well spring up in your little hearts. In each heart is that heavenly opened well, but in what condition is it? too often choked with dirt and stones, and overgrown with noxious weeds. I have been told that on the Bowling Green, in this parish, once was a beautiful clear spring, to which people went for water. You may go and look at it now, a hideous marsh, brown-red, glistening, swarming with insects, rank with reeds and water plants. No one would drink there now. A beast would tread in it, but not stoop for a draught. How many a fountain of life opened in Christian hearts is like that deserted spring. Neglect, sin, have choked it and defiled it. And yet there still exists, deep down, a little fountain of spiritual life, waiting only to be cleared out by repentance, that it may spring up again, sparkling once more. How, children, do you keep the little living springs in your souls, your consciences? Their presence you must feel. Whenever your soul is stirred by some deep feeling, some yearning for good, some aspiration after God, some desire to live to God, some admiration of what is noble and courageous and good and true and honest and straightforward, that is the motion of the fountain in your souls. I have seen a pool in Cornwall, far from the sea, and when the tide rises and falls, the fountain is said to rise and fall also. So it is with the springs of life in human souls. 
Responsive to the motions of the great ocean of love and grace above, the little fountains swell below. These emotions in your hearts are an answer to the rising of the tide in the divine breast. I have seen another spring in Yorkshire. It is very still, and you can scarce see that it is flowing. It looks as if it were standing, dead water. You sit down by it and watch. Perhaps after a few minutes, perhaps only after many hours, a curious phenomenon appears. Something like a silver line is seen through the still water, bright, pure, lovely. It appears for a little while, and then is seen no more. What occasions it is not clearly explained. But this singular appearance makes this spring one of the curiosities of the county. People go from all parts to see it, and sometimes spend hours watching for the silver streak, and go away at last, disappointed. There is a silver streak in all your souls, the sign of life in them, the token of the divine presence. Some of your souls seem dull and dead enough. We, your spiritual pastors, see no evidence of life and movement in them. They look to us as if they were stagnant, asleep to all spiritual influences, dead to all heavenly interests. And yet, if we are only patient, and wait, and watch long enough, and do not lose heart, we know that at some time the silver streak will appear, and the sluggish soul will manifest its life. But, oh, my children, do not allow the little wells of conscience to get clogged with worldly cares, selfish thoughts, and sinful desires. You must labor at them and keep them clean. The princes, we read, dug with their iron-shod staves. So do ye. Clear away all that defiles the spring of conscience, Tear out all that chokes it, remove the earth, the stones, that is, the worldly cares and fleshly lusts that war against the spirit. Search the heart with great care, by self-examination, by the rule of God's commandments, on your knees, asking the help of God, fearfully, diligently, earnestly, penitentially, and never doubt but the spring will leap up clear and fresh again. Too often the spiritual life, begun in baptism, gets trampled underfoot, choked up with the cares and business and pleasure of this world. The traffic of life rolls over it, its very presence is forgotten or disbelieved in, and all is hard and dead, as though no living spring were there. Oh, my children, always fear lest the spiritual spring be choked up too fatally to ever be cleaned out again. A buried well is often a well forever lost. The vein of water, weary of striving against obstacles it cannot overcome, breaks out elsewhere, and deserts forevermore its former source. Dig therefore diligently now. Keep the fountain clear while you may. End of section 16